Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is One Man's Opinion. I am your host, Jeff Manns. You can hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. Host a little show there called Elite Sports, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on that network. And also Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show coming back. Sunday mornings during the NFL regular season. Me and Bob Harris locking that one down for you. I am part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Check out my TikTok. Been rolling videos up there. I'm getting TikTok famous, everybody. All right, that's not true. Thank you for downloading the podcast, though, and follow me on TikTok, for real. The Jeff Mans, it's pretty cool. Over there, the 2023 Fantasy Football Draft Guide is live on FantasyGuru.com. Full season product, weekly rankings, weekly projections, starts, sits, buy low, sell high, keep, cut, roster trends, recap articles, preview articles, game scripts, instant 24-7 support. It's questions seven days a week, all day long. Literally, we have 24-hour coverage in Discord at fantasyguru.com. You will never go unnoticed. You will never go without fantasy advice over there. Daily fantasy football packages, betting, football betting packages, all on early bird as we speak, although that early bird special runs out on September 1st, so only got a couple of hours probably left in there. Listen, if you are a day late, what you know, it's my guy Ted Schuster that's running our customer service, and I'm in there as well. So Ted usually will ask me and say, Hey, what happened? You know, it'll be okay. If you're a day late, you're waiting your paycheck, you're waiting to the weekend. I know it falls on a weird day, but uh, just don't let it go. Support at fantasyguru.com. More than happy to help everybody out with that. But you you know you want the DFS package, you know you want the betting package, you don't want to go, you don't want to be left out. And you also don't want to have to add it during the regular season and miss out on all the advantages we have early. So get in at these early bird prices, radio 20, 20% off discount code along with the early bird prices. I mean, this is pretty good deal. Fantasyguru.com is the place to be. This is episode 171 season four in full swing folks. This is the last episode before the start of the 2023 NFL regular season. Technically, next week will be before the season. I'll be recording it before the season. But then the Chiefs and Lions do battle. And next week, I'm going to have predictions. Next week, I'll tell you how every team is going to finish in the National Football League. I'll pick my postseason award winners, as I always do. I will put it on tape because that's what I do, everybody. That is what we're not afraid of of people we're not afraid of saying with our chest because it's what we believe and we've put in a lot of work to get to this point so i'm anxious excited for the start of the season thank you once again for liking subscribing commenting favoriting uh thumbs upping whatever it is that you've gotten in contact with this podcast one man's opinion i appreciate it very much folks we need all that we can get 
the more comments and likes and favorites and subscriptions on all the different, wherever you get your podcasts, it all helps. It's all just a good thing. And we want, this is a movement of mine to really be able to talk separately than anywhere else I talk corporately, right? So that's why this podcast is uncensored. It's unfiltered. There's nobody ever telling me what I can and cannot talk about on this show. And that is a great thing. We've had sponsors try to do that. They will not ever be able to do that. Quite Well, listen, somebody wants to give me 10 million bucks. You're going to give me that Joe Rogan money. You know, I won't sell my soul, but I'll listen. I'll listen. I'm being straight with y'all, right? You know. And I think all you'd be like, you're a fucking idiot if you don't take $10 million, you know, man, to do the podcast. But I also want it uncensored. I also want to be able to talk what I want to talk about. So, and I've got a lot today. This is episode 171. There's so much. I don't know how much I'm going to get to. So I don't want to promise a lot. I'm going to talk Jonathan Taylor because that news is pretty hot still. It's, you know, we're getting a little, everyone has heard my spiel on SiriusXM and at FantasyGuru.com. For those of you just listen to the podcast i'll give you my run through there every all the fallout of jonathan taylor staying with the colts but going on the pup list missing at least the first four weeks of the season i'll go through some of the notable nfl cuts now this is a dangerous one to do because i record this podcast late night well late into wednesday early wednesday morning and when i do that Things could change. I'm sure by Friday, there's going to be a lot of changes this week as well. So I'll just give you the highlights with that as well. Uh, Let's start out with important details, though. A couple of things. Number one is the be patient approach. It was my last fantasy football strategy session on our 30 podcasts over at fantasyguru.com. It was our last uh, segment of our fantasy football strategy sessions on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio on elite sports for the season. It's always the last one. And I want to explain it a little bit more for those who maybe didn't hear it. And those for, that did hear it. Cause I don't get that much time. You don't understand how important it is for you. Um, Listen, I, I'm going to talk about life for a minute. Some of you don't like when I do at this time of year, tough shit. Fucking stop being a fucking baby. Can I tell you that? Just stop being a fucking baby. You ranted for 30 minutes on something. It's not good. Fuck off. Yeah, I ran it because it's important. Right? This shit's important. You know, sometimes, you know, folks, if you don't like hearing negativity about yourself, then fuck you. Stop being a baby. Stop being a little baby. Life isn't always going to be exactly what you want. And you know who the most important people in your lives are? It's the ones that will always tell you the truth. No matter what, they will tell you honestly. I always go, it's my buddy Rich. Ted will tell you about the, the cowboy boot story. I've told this before. The year is like 1998, 1999, somewhere around there. We're going out, hitting the bars. We're 21, 22 years old. Right. We're fucking we're having a great we're going to have the time of our lives going to Oliver's fucking Thursday nights, baby. Let's fucking do some shots. Let's get fucked up. That was why my buddy Rich walks in with fucking cowboy boots on. And and it was my buddy Sean that said something for he goes, what the fuck? No, uh, uh-uh. 
No way, bro. No. At that point, it started becoming like this new trend. And, you know, styles go up and down by now. All us older folks know this. Maybe younger guys don't realize it. Everything you hate today, you're like, ooh, you frosted tips. That's dumb. Every fucking person had frosted tips. Get the fuck out of here. But he walked in with cowboy boots, and we all, as unanimous, we said, no fucking way. Refuse. You're not coming with us. You're not part of us. No. Change your fucking shoes. You're putting on regular shoes or something. We're not going with you in cowboy boots like a fucking idiot. And he was pissed. It was like a fist fight, like in my hallway, my parents' house. Like we like all out. Everybody, Rich was pissed. I think he, I don't even, I think he left and met us up later without the cowboy boots, by the way, but it needed to be said. And that's the thing. Don't be afraid if somebody's going to tell you the truth. Embrace it. You may not agree. You may not agree at that time. But what if I told you that some of the biggest mistakes you've made in your life, somebody could have, or maybe they were there, and they told you and warned you, ooh, don't do that, right? Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, don't do that. Because that's what I mean by being patient. Because you won't know you had a great thing. You don't know that you had a championship roster if you start fucking around with it after one bad week or two bad weeks or four bad weeks. The fact of the matter is you need to understand this, what we're really after right here. You know, we're after championships. We're after wins. We're after profits and DFS, winning bets. We're after money, monetary gains. That's what we're after. Sometimes that's it's a long process. If you expect something to happen when you want it to happen, go your don't. Just don't. Honestly, I'm just being straight with you. It's not going to happen. Not when you want. Life is a struggle. You keep going. And when you keep going, keep moving forward, keep getting better, which is what we fucking preach at fantasyguru.com, right? That is what we do. I said it the other day. Uh, I talked about my quote of the year, right? Human beings are never going to be perfect. Best we can do, keep asking for help. And accepting it when we can. And if you keep doing that, you'll always be moving towards better. That is what we're about. And when we're better is after week 17, week 18. That's when the championship hits. That's when we, the the runway, the track runs out, and we can officially say we're up money. We're down money. But if you start overreacting after the draft, after your players are cut, after a player's traded, he signs, he doesn't sign, a, a bad first week, a bad second week, whatever it may be. If you're going to start overreacting then, then you're fucking, you're dead money, man. I'm just being straight. You're dead money. Don't overreact. And I promise you, if you are a disciple of mine, if you are a listener of mine, if you are a subscriber to fantasyguru.com, we don't 
lose. It's not perfect. The road will be rocky. You're not going to like me at times. You might not like me now. You probably shouldn't. Not really supposed to be anybody's friend. Happily would like to be, but you know, I'm an analyst. I'm supposed to do this job. I'm supposed to help you get to your desired goal of championships and profits. That's all I am focused on. I couldn't give a fuck about your favorite team. Fact, fuck your favorite team. Fuck you and your favorite team. How about that? Right to your fucking face. That's what I'm saying to you. Fuck you. Fuck your Jets, 49ers, Bears, fucking Commanders. Fuck them all. I don't give a shit. I hope they all fucking lose every game. As long as we win. Right? If you're too sensitive for that, then you're a little baby, Beck. That's what you are. <laughs> I don't, I'm telling you. Doesn't matter about your team. This is our team, your team. I care about you. I don't care about your allegiances to teams because your allegiances. What's that guy's name in Endgame? Order to bring you back to me. That's where it brought you. You came to my dojo and you said, Jeff, teach me. Show you decided to listen. You decided to become a member. You decided to listen to the podcast. And I appreciate that. And I don't take it lightly. And sometimes your best friends in the world have to say, fuck you, no cowboy boots. You're not wearing them. We're not drafting so that you check a box and you have somebody to reach for on Sundays. If you want to do that, it's cool. But leave me out of it. Don't you dare blame me. What you, I know what you want to do sometimes. You, folks, you guys want to draft your team, but use my advice for like three or four picks. And then if one or two of those picks don't work out, the ones that you arbitrarily decide, you want to put blame on me. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Nope. Got 18 years in the business. Millions of dollars of wins, right? Absolutely no shot that that dog hunts. It doesn't. My advice is winning advice. Never had a losing season DFS. Never a losing season in betting. Ever. Never. The only time members, customers, listeners do is when they think they're smarter and they don't want to listen to me. They want to be better than me. They try to one-up me, but they're not going through the process. That's how you get yourself majorly fucked. Don't do it. Or do it. Do whatever you want, of course. Don't blame me. That ain't my thing. Not at all. And another thing also, like, this bothers me. I got to be honest. I had a real tough time. I am not in the mood this year, I will happily answer any question anybody poses me happily. And in fact, I invite it and I worship it. I love it. What I don't like is the bullshit trolling, social media, man's cave 
especially my man's cave. That's a discord room at fantasyguru.com. That is not a place for you to pepper me with questions and everything else. It's a place that I hang out. I'm happy to talk ball, but that's not to be used for, because the services, we have an NFL room, a NFL betting room, an NFL DFS room, all that stuff. Man's cave is for all of us collectively to hang out, watch games, talk ball, I'll happily give you some advice. No problem. But when you go in there and you start saying, no, I don't, I, Jeff, I don't agree. Garrett Wilson's way better than man. Man's out of his mind with that. Guys, there's this thing you can do called shut the fuck up. I don't mind you having a disagreement. And you may be right. But what are you doing in my Discord room with that bullshit? You know what you're doing. You're being an asshole. You know you're being an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Draft Garrett Wilson. No problem. And God, I, re- I mean it. I hope he does well for you. I don't believe in him. I've illustrated my point. I think you get me confused sometimes with folks that guess. I think there's that thing. Where you see, that's the problem I have with the fantasy industry and why I'm so angry about people just doing drafts. And by the way, when I went off on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio the other day about people drafting, I had no idea that the show before me had done that draft. No idea. I was told during the break, well, you know, but I'm not taking anything back because I agree. I think you all deserve more. Right, You all deserve more. Whether it be on Fantasy Guru, TikTok, SiriusXM, this podcast, Twitter, Facebook, all these different places that I've done content, I've given you breakdowns on Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey. Haven't really done a Tyreek Hill one. Austin Eckler in depth. Travis Kelsey in depth. Cooper Cup in depth. Didn't really do much on digs. B. John Robinson talked about that. C.D. Lamb in the new offense talked about that. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts talked a lot about that. Garrett Wilson have gone to the depths of the ocean on that. Saquon, Chubb, Pollard, Devontae Adams. Why I don't think it's going to – He, I think he's going later than he should be. People are awarding – Aaron Rodgers down season last year, somehow they're giving Adams negatives for that. And meanwhile, they're giving Garrett Wilson the opportunity. Like you're missing the entire boat there. Mahomes. Uh, Hurts. Haven't done a lot of Josh Allen, evidently. Derrick Henry talked about his age and that whole situation. Like Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor, who I'll get into. Ridley I've talked about. But every player, what I'm telling you is I've done every bit of research you can do on all these players and how they all come out. And I don't know if it's perfect. It'll never result in perfection. I know that. But it's not supposed to. But my advice is designed to give you an edge. Give You, you don't need me to give you what everybody else is doing, you know, that you really, 
just you don't need me for that. You need me to give you where other people are going wrong. And that's where my fellow industry mates make me mad because of the drafts. Because I, again, um, B. John Robinson, I, again, people ask why a rookie is your number one running back. Well, I reference the past, Adrian Peterson, 2007. I reference the scheme, the offensive line, the play calling. I talk about why he is going to see the ball a lot more over Tyler Algier. Why Algier is not going to be a part of the, a, as big a part of the office as people think I've gone to the, all the way to the end. That's the kind of information we should be supplying everybody. We shouldn't be just telling them I pick B. John Robinson first. There's no context there. There's no, we're just telling you who's been picked. We're not telling you why. So what are you supposed to do then mimic? The best thing you can do is try to mimic somebody you hear on Sirius XM or podcast or a live stream and mimic what they did in their drafts, but you have no context or reasoning behind it. So that doesn't help you. I've got a fucking ton of this shit. I've got so much that I haven't even gotten to. I may get to this one this week. I have a whole breakdown on Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony is my, let me see, third, second highest owned player on drafters.com, which by the way, if you're not playing on drafters.com, you're out of your fucking minds. You evidently don't like money. They are at 50% full with a week to go. All right. That means there is, and there's a $2 million contest. What does that mean? That means, my dear friends, there is $1 million of overlay on that con- in that contest. The drafters, best ball, million two, $20 entry fee. A million dollars of overlay means essentially not everybody's going to win, but there are a shit ton of people that are going to win. They give prizes out for 18,000 spots, I believe, or something like that, all right? And there's like 50,000 people there now. So doing rough math with that one, I mean, (laughs) remember, normal contests give you maybe 8 to 10% chance to cash. Those odd numbers alone are like 36, 38%. (laughs) I mean, come on, man. That's insane. Drafters.com, best ball championship. I I would get in. Anyway, my highest owned player in that contest is Michael Wilson of the Cardinals. Is that crazy? I own him in just about every because he's so my super duper late starting wide receiver. Nobody drafts, even though the Cardinals are going to be passing all the time. My second is Kadarius Tony. And I will talk about this um, going forward, but like Kadarius Tony is, let's say, and I'll get more into depth on this. I I could go all the way. He had 139 snaps with the Chiefs last year, 139 snaps only, 27 targets, 21 receptions, 221 receiving yards, 73 rushing yards, four total touchdowns. 74 fantasy points. 
in just 139 snaps. Now, that included the playoffs. He didn't play very much. All right? What does a normal wide receiver get, a normal starting wide receiver? About 900. 900 plus snaps. You curious at all what his numbers would project to if he had 900 snaps? Well, we know he'll never get it because he's obviously hurt all the time. We understand. That's, but wouldn't you be interested in 174 targets, 121 receptions, 1,427 yards, 18 fucking touchdowns, 145 rushing yards? 386.2 fantasy points. Do you know where that would rank in terms of wide receivers? Number one. Be the number one receiver in in fantasy football. Now, of course, he's not going to do Of course. Totally understand. But it's healthy. He's going to be healthy for week one. I've already said that. He's going off the board. um, What, wide receiver 55, 56? So at 56 right now, what would it take for him to equal wide receiver 56? Well, he was wide receiver 95 last year. He played, if he played 61 more snaps, he would have been wide receiver 78. If he would have played 161 more snaps, he would have outproduced his draft rankings. 300 snaps, and he's wide receiver 49. Ish. Right? That's it. That's what it takes for a ninth round, tenth round pick, Kadarius Tony. 300 snaps. That's it. And notice I didn't say fucking routes. Not even routes. Just snaps. They give him the ball in they ran him last year. Now I didn't the rushing yards, I can't project that because it's too ridiculous. I gave him, like, for every 100 snaps, I gave him, like, an extra five yards of rushing so it didn't get out of control. And I also stomped down the target rate, stomped down the reception rate, stomped down the massively re- reduced the uh, touchdown rate, which he had. And he's still these numbers. If he gets 500 snaps, right, 500 snaps would equal about 10 games, 9.7-ish games. He'd have 71 receptions, 97 targets, 837 yards, 105 rushing yards, and 10 touchdowns. (laughs) 225 points. That's wide receiver 18. Wide receiver 18 on the season, possibly, for nine and a half games. You don't think that's attainable? And again, I have this entire workup. If you're interested, I I mean, I've got massive uh put it this way here here's just something else to know as we're talking about Kadarius Tony and this is the information by the way this is the stuff that infuriates me instead of doing a fucking draft why isn't somebody out there giving us a breakdown on Darnell Mooney why not why don't you talk about Darnell Mooney how about Brandon Cooks in the new offense in Dallas Right? Why aren't you giving us a detailed breakdown of what the running backs at Georgia did last two years under Todd Monken to give us a J.K. Dobbins breakdown? 
Huh? What, what about the effects of Rashad White without Tom Brady? Why aren't people doing that? That's content. Do you know why they're not doing it? Because it's fucking hard. It takes a long time. I spend hours and hours. I watch PBS documentaries. Just they're on. I don't watch them. I work on my little laptop in my little cubby hole while these things are playing. I'm listening to the Civil War and the fucking Roosevelt's and fucking everything Ken Burns has ever done. I'm rolling through them for the last four months. But here's a little tidbit. Fantasy points per snap. Kadarius Tony, 0.535. All right, that's a shit ton, right? Pretty huge. It's 19.42 target share per snap. All right, almost a 20%. Oh, that's not that big. Oh, really? Who's the number one player in the Kansas City offense? Oh, yeah, this guy Travis Kelsey, right? Pretty good. What's his target share per snap? 16.6. Could have a 20% reduction and be at Kelsey's level. Oh, he's going to have more than that. All right, 50%. A 50% cut. And you know what level he's at with 50%? Sky Moore. 10 0.01 target share per snap. Sky Moore, 0.147 fantasy point per snap. Travis Kelsey, 0.346 fantasy point per snap. Remember, Kadaris Tony, 0.35. By curiosity, are you at all interested in, I don't know, is there ever a receiver Patrick Mahomes had in Kansas City that did really well from a fantasy standpoint? Oh, this Tyree Kill fella. Remember him, anybody? Remember? Okay. Tyreek Hill's two best seasons, 2018, 2020. In 2018, he had 15.1 target share per snap. Remember, Kelsey's 16.6. So Kelsey's still the lead dog. But Kadarius Tony, 19.42. 2020, 14.9 target share per snap. Again, Kadarius Tony, 19.42. Just, I know, smaller sample. Absolutely true. Tyreek Hill in 2018, 0.362 fantasy points per snap. In 2020.365, almost identical, right? Those two years. Those two years, Tyree Kill was number one and number three, respectively, in fantasy points at the wide receiver position, all right? Actually, in uh, 2020, he was wide receiver two. Yeah, he was wide receiver two in 2020, and in 2018, I think he was three. Okay, so he wasn't one. Two and three. Okay. 0. 0.362, 0.365. Again, Kelsey, 0. 0.346. So Tyreek was a little ahead of Kelsey. Tony, 0. 0.535. I'm just saying, they love this guy. When he's on the field, they get him the ball. If not for injuries, he would be a, a fucking first-round pick, probably. He may be Tyree Kill. But injuries, so of course you draft him later. If you're not willing to take a chance on that in fantasy football, then I don't know why you're playing because I don't think you have the, the ability to do it. Take risk at some point. 
players like that. So anyway, this is just a sample, by the way. I didn't even mean to spend this much time on it. A sample of the kind of stuff we should be talking about. Not drafts. If you do draft coverage, talk about why you pick somebody. All of it, all the way down. Not just, I like him because he's better than him. Why is he better than him? What's he better at? And folks, it's somewhat it's your fault. You listen to these shows, you you tune into some of them, and you're you act like it's okay. Don't 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 tell them when your kid jumps off the couch just because they didn't split their head open. You don't say, "Oh, good job, Timmy." No, bad job, Timmy. Don't pay attention to it. Don't give it credibility. That's what we should be doing. Ignore it, because there's a lot. When this industry is provoked and pushed to do good work, they're capable. There are some very smart people and very talented people in the industry. But if if we're just going to let everybody off the hook and do nothing but drafts where it doesn't mean the goddamn thing to you, well, sorry. Then that's that's what you're left with. Good luck doing your draft, trying to emulate mine at probably a different format style with different people, different times and everything else. Good luck. All right. Frustrating to me. It's frustrating to hear that kind of stuff and to see it. And I don't, it's nothing personal, but I think you all should demand more. I really do. And hopefully I, I provide more. I know I yell. I yell and I do. My, I go on my tangents, but my tangents are designed to create. I am trying to get the reaction out of you. Don't think for a second that when I call, I say right to your face, "fuck you," through this microphone, that like I don't think you're mad. I know you're mad, but I want it. I want you to be mad. I I don't expect. Ooh. Go ahead, turn off the podcast. Go ahead, right. I, that's what I want. I want that reaction. I need that reaction from you. You need the reaction for you, not me. I don't need shit. I need you to react to that because I need you to be provoked. I need you to get slapped upside the head, metaphorically, of course, and be like, all right, fuck this guy. I'm going to show him. Good. Good. Because the more you're motivated, the more you have a common enemy, the more you're pushed, the more attention you'll pay the less likely you'll make mistakes, right? If you think nobody's looking, you know, you cut a fart, you, you pick fuzz out of your belly button or whatever. When you don't know if anybody's looking, who cares? But when you know, yeah, you'll act a little different. All right. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Shit. Haven't even gotten into this one. <laughs> uh, John Taylor retained by the Colts said they didn't, couldn't find a trade partner, at least as of the, this broadcast. He will remain on the pup list through the start of the season, and thus he's going to miss the first four weeks. He faked an injury, got caught, and now the Colts are pulling his card. What does this do for John Taylor? John Taylor's off the board. Jonathan Taylor is no longer somebody you should even consider in fantasy football. Listen, somebody somewhere will take a shot on Jonathan Taylor. Somebody somewhere will either... Reap the benefits or die because of it. Don't be any of those people. There's no reason 
for you to do it. I'm telling you to take a risk. I'm not a pussy. I'm telling you to take a risk on Kadarius Tony, but it's calculated. It's distributed. It's known. Ninth round, fine. Don't do it on a third, fourth, fifth round Jonathan Taylor. The organization hates him. They hate him. And he's go. He's probably going to get traded in, in October. At that point, it could be great. But we don't know what that is right now. All right? So in that spirit, I'm staying the hell away. And I strongly recommend you do it too. Not interested. As of now, the Colts have not signed to any running backs. I, I get the feeling they're going to. I think it's going to be Kareem Hunt going to Indianapolis. I don't know why. I'm just thinking that. But by the time you're listening to this, if we, if we get to Friday and Saturday and they haven't signed anybody, then evidently they're not going to. My opinion, as I'm recording this, they haven't, but I get the feeling that they will. As of that this moment, the player to own is Zach Moss. Zach Moss broke his arm. They traded Naheem Hines. They were, remember, they were very high on Naheem Hines. He got a good contract last year from the Indianapolis Colts or two years ago. Then he got traded. I thought, oh, they just traded him away. Well, they got Zach Moss and they played Zach Moss. And he played well for them. I don't know what happened, why some analysts just decide they hate Zach Moss, but it's just not true. Had 4.8 yards per attempt last year, 365 yards. Right? Actually did pretty well in the three games he started down the stretch for them. Like, I don't understand why. It's such a weird, like, I'm just deciding. He's 25 years old. He was a third-round pick just a few years ago. It's not like he was a nobody. Strong inside runner. The bills were high on him. He was going to be a lot of us. I was one of them thought Zach Moss would be the leading running back of the Buffalo Bills three years ago. I anticipated him being it. Never quite did amount to it, but now he's in Indianapolis with a chance to show what he could do. So, all right, Jeff, Zach Moss stinks. Evan Hall's the guy. Evan, please go watch Evan Hall one. I know for a fact, 90% 90% of you have never seen, you've never even seen Evan Hull's face. You've never seen him. I know you haven't. I know it. Northwestern? Unless you're one of my Chicago people, you have no fucking idea where that even is. You And you, you certainly, you couldn't have been that impressive. He didn't do shit at Northwestern. Like, legitimately didn't do shit. He caught passes, all right? Okay. He had the most pass receptions in the league, in college football last year, I believe, 55. And But he's bow-legged. He's slow. He's plotting. He's thick but not strong. Doesn't really do anything. Catches the football uh, uh, backfield. All right. So, all right. I mean, he's okay, but he's also 5'10, 
205 pounds. Very diminutive for the National Football League. Not 5'10", but the 205 pounds is weak. All right, so he, he may get some opportunities as the third down back. Okay, there's a role, maybe. I could see that happening. But I don't think anybody understands. Zach Moss, he averaged 3.04 yards per contact per attempt last year. That was number 25 in the National Football League. That's nothing to shit on. That's better than beloved players. This is where... Why why I have such a difficult time is because the perception of a player becomes the reality in fantasy, and it really bothers me. Because on paper, Zach Moss has done everything better than Jalen Warren completely and utterly. Like every single thing is just better. Better, 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 better. But the perception is Jalen Warren needs to be starting and Zach Moss should be out of the league. Like, but that's just not the truth. That's not true. And but you guys should understand that, oh, well, that's a problem. Right? That's shouldn't be that way. But it is, and that's where we're at. Um 24 missed tackles forced per uh, pro football focus, by the way. That's the uh, 24 missed tackles force were Zach Moss last year, right? It's 25.8%. Pretty fucking good. How good is 25.8% missed tackle? A missed tackle on one out of every four carries that you have rushing attempts? Well, it was second in the entire league for anybody with 90 or more rush attempts. Nah, pretty good now. Pretty good now, right? That's a pretty good, pretty good uh, uh, metric. Broken tackles mean more than forty-yard dash attempts, depth chart snaps. That means more than hey, I've never seen this guy play in my life. Maybe he'll be something good, right? That's what it is. And those yards per contact numbers. Right, at yards after contact, 3.04 for uh, Zach Moss. Jonathan Taylor was 3.06. Right? Miles Sanders was 3.02. Pacheco, 3.0. The beloved Austin Eckler, 2.99. Right? I mean, Christian McCaffrey, oh, 2.90. James Conner, 2.81. Saquon Barkley, 2.78. Yeah. Now, you, then you look at guys like Derrick Henry, 3.6. Nick Chubb, 3.5. Josh Jacobs, 3.4. Brees saw 4.13, led the league, but he uh, unfortunately only had 80 attempts. 10 more attempts, he would have qualified in this one. And it would have went down, but he would probably would have led the league. Tony Pollard led, qualified 3.8. Ramondre Stevenson, 3.8. Hmm? Tell me it doesn't translate. Translates. Zach Moss needs to be taken in every league. He's the starter of the Indianapolis Colts, like it or not. Elsewhere, um, and what this does, Miami's kind of locked in. 
Now Raheem Mostert gets a bump. Jeff Wilson gets a bump. A-Chain is still a pass down back. I'm kind of bummed for the Dolphins because this could have been the real capper on a potential Super Bowl championship type season. You know, so that's a bummer to me. Losing Jalen Ramsey, now not being able to secure either Dalvin Cook or Jonathan Taylor. Eh, it's pretty... uh Big bummer, big missed opportunity for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, other news, uh, Bailey Zappi released Zappi Mania. Down the hill right there, the Cardinals uh, cut Colt McCoy. They're going with Josh Dobbs. They're going to full-on tank, but they already you cannot move Kyler Murray. They cannot do anything to Kyler Murray. Meaning, if the Cardinals got the number one pick and they have two shots at it, they literally cannot get rid of Murray. So if they got Caleb Williams, you're either going to have to bench Caleb Williams for a year. Think he'll be happy about that. Or somehow bench a fucking $280 million quarterback with 80 million, in the dead cap from, I don't think that's going to go well, or maybe they will try to just trade, get a bounty of picks, try to get Marvin Harrison jr. And that makes sense. It's not a bad position to be in, except that if you're tanking for a quarterback, you made the most horrific thing mistake you ever made in signing Kyler Murray two years ago or a year ago to that contract. The Browns cut Cade York. Great job, Browns. You guys did it. Geniuses. What what just highly intelligent organization is going to draft a kicker in the fourth round over guy, he was drafted like six picks before Damian Pierce, right? I mean, think about that. Think about how ridiculous that is. And again, Damian, you have Nick Chubb, okay, but you might as well get a player that would have some staying power. Why are you wasting draft picks? I ask fantasy owners that all the time too. You know, I just don't understand what you're going for. So, I mean, I just, I can't figure it out, right? I just can't. But could have Romeo Dubs, Cordell Volson, starting left guard for Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Shigi Okanko, Sam Howell, Tyler Algier, Tariq Woolen, my guy, best fifth-round pick in a long time, Braxton Jones, a starting left tackle, Malcolm Rodriguez, best inside linebackers, Isaiah Pacheco, Brock freaking Purdy. I mean, man. Cleveland. Instead, you drafted a fucking kicker? You must be crazy. Y'all must be crazy. That's all I got to say about that. Um, Cowboys trade for Trey Lance. I've talked about that a lot. Good move. Uh, it's not going to move the needle, but gives them some protection, right? Some protection for um, Dak Prescott, who likely going to be his last season in Dallas. Let's face it. Let's just face that. I can't imagine him staying there. Um, Eagles acquire Albert Okwebunum from the Denver Broncos. It's an interesting one. Goddard hurt last year. The one problem we had when Dallas Goddard went down is there was no Jake. Jake Stoll was the Jack Stoll was the backup, and he is fucking not a pass catcher. The Eagles just keep getting. Perfect players. Howie Roseman's in the motherfucking zone right now, man. 
Like, geez, he's on a heater of all heaters. Gave up nothing. If Goddard goes down, Okoye Boonham, he's po- he's probably an every week starter at tight end. He probably is an every week starter because it's a great system for the tight end spot. It's not consistent. There'll be big games and then down games, but Okoye Boonham is all of a sudden has fantasy appeal, just like DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and all these guys that go to Philly and they find ways. Don't forget, I am not over Jalen Carter, not going. The Bears not signing Jalen Carter, drafting him, still pisses me off to this day. Dude's an absolute beast, has been all camp long. Um, All right, Justin Ross made the Chiefs. Does anybody care? Maybe. Don't expect a lot from him, but it's noteworthy, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of celebration about that around the fantasy sports industry because everybody loves him for some odd reason. All right. Here's what else I wanted to do. Today, last year at this time, uh, you know, I always like to go through because I trying to identify whatever we can to give us an edge. Right. And a good way to do that is thinking through what motivates players. If I asked you the question, what motivates a an NFL player? Like, what would you say? You would say the same thing. Money. Right. Doesn't money do it. So let's look at this year's contract players. These are upcoming free agents for the 2024 offseason, 20, you know, after this season. these All of these players are either unrestricted or almost definitely out the door based on their contract situation. I took some liberties with a couple of these just because um, we know they're going to be gone. Let's start at the quarterback position. All right, quarterback, we know the quarterback class is going to be great. But we're going to have two 35-year-old quarterbacks coming out and see Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill, right? Those two are going to be free agents going into 2024. Looks like Tennessee, Will Levis, the tried Malik Willis. They've got a couple options behind them. I don't think the Titans are going to be very good, though. I, yeah, they In that division, they, they may get closer to a seven and 10 record than I would have thought at the beginning of the summer. Not enough to keep Tannehill, but not enough to get one of those high end quarterbacks. The Vikings are interesting because they had such a rock solid year last year. They're in a shitty division. They could win a lot of games, but I think they regress massively this year. I think the the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs and I think they're closer. They have a better chance to get a higher pick than the Titans at this point. Surprising. And I think that if things go awry in Minnesota this year, we're through 10, 12 games. We get to Thanksgiving, and this team is like four and six, four and seven, five and six maybe. I could I could see them saying, "Fuck it, sink it, sink it into the ground, try to make a run for Drake May, Caleb Williams, or somebody like that." I can see it because they don't have an option at quarterback behind Kirk Cousins right now. They just don't. Um, so those two are will be both available in free agency. I you know, who knows? That's going to be one where. 
like cousins will end up in like Atlanta, right? Somewhere like that, where it's just, you know, they bring in a veteran guy because they didn't like the way the rookie or second year quarterback this year, like Washington, go back to Washington. There you go. That may make sense. Um, yeah. So that, that's that, uh, other, let's go to the running back position. Cause this is where last year, this was huge. You're welcome for Josh Jacobs last year, elite mafia, one of my highest players on the board last year. And everyone thought I was nuts, especially cause he played in the hall of fame game. Oh, ball the fuck out. Well, Jacobs will be a free agent again. And here are the ages of these running backs when they hit the market next off season, Jacobs will be 26 still in his prime, still with two real solid years left. Technically three 26 or seven, 28. That's when we start worrying Derrick Henry, but he's going to be 30. Be interesting to see what happens with Derrick Henry. You know, it, this year he is one of my most intriguing players. Saquon Barkley will be 27. Tony Pollard will be 26. Austin Eckler, 28. Saquon at 27, man. You want to talk about make or break. I'm, the difference between being 26, like Jacobs and Pollard, and being 27, like Barkley, is when I don't know how anybody could justify giving a bigger money more year contract to Saquon over Josh Jacobs next off season. I just don't see a way to do it. I don't know why you would do it. You know, only people that would even think out opposite are people that are giants fans or East coasters who we all remember that great year of 2018, but okay. 2018 is over, man. He's not that player anymore. Now you get to a different group, some under-the-radar guys. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, all will be just 25 years old. See how much tougher? See why, like, Barkley and Jacobs and these Eckler's going, fuck, Eckler's going to be 28. How do you justify signing that guy to any kind of deal when you got Jacobs at 26, fucking Henry at 30, quite honestly, Pollard at 26, Barkley at 27, Dobbins, DeAndre Swift at 25, A.J. Dillon at 25. Cam Akers, he'll only be 24 when he hits free agency next year. How is that going to work? So players that I think will get a I think Jacobs will have another big year. I think he's got one more in him for that. I think DeAndre Swift as well. I think playing through paint, when you notice Jacobs was a, you know, everyone going into last year was also, we saw flashes, but not the whole thing. I think that's what we've seen with DeAndre Swift. Now that DeAndre Swift is in his hometown, on a great team, seeing a lot looser fronts, going to get the added benefit for Jalen Hurts, running the football and safeties going to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith playing through pain, playing to be a 25 year old free agent running back. When you know, you need the money. I mean, he has to, I think we're going to get a great season out of Deandre Swift. I really do. I think he puts himself, I think he makes things very interesting with anybody's any team that's 
interested in a, a running back next off season with 26 year old Jacobs Pollard, 27 Barkley, 28 Eckler. People will be like, well, I could just get a 25 year old Deandre Swift coming off a big year in Philly, which we saw the right way to use him. And we'll likely get him for cheaper. Why the fuck not get a couple extra years. That's what I would do. And he needs to stay healthy to do it. So those are some running backs that uh, are, are in great spots. I think that the uh, wide receivers who are also hitting free agency. Well, Mike Evans, you know, I think Mike Evans has another solid year again, thousand yards, 70 plus receptions. I do think he hits those numbers this year. He'll be 30 years old though, going into his contract year next year or uh, free agency year next year. And he'll most likely walk. I think a guy like Mike Evans has got paid a good amount of money. We'll still get, he's a big body guy. We'll still get a good sizable contract in free agency. Right. Cause there's not that much else in free agency next off season to, on the level of Mike Evans. Right. And I think he goes to a contender. I think that's, it's one of those players that I look at things like Chicago, like, man, what a great fit for Justin Fields, right? What a fucking great fit that would be, right? That that would make a lot of sense. An emerging team, a team on the rise that needs that one lad that needs a trusted big body receiver, maybe an erratic quarterback where you could just go up, send it up to Mike Evans and go get it right. Fucking the giants make a lot of sense for Daniel Jones, right? Make a ton of sense there. Um, you know, I just, and obviously I think Mike Evans is good. Uh, other players, Marquise Hollywood Brown, bleh, he's 26 only, but nah, be a deep threat on a team. Some good under the radar players though. Check these out. T. Higgins, 25 years old. Michael Pittman, 26 years old. Will both be available. They're going to get some big money. You know, that's... I I don't have a lot of T. Higgins shares in fantasy football this year. I just haven't been willing to pay a price for a second receiver on a team. That's left me out on Waddle, Higgins, Devontae Smith. I really like all three of these players. I do. But let's face the facts. You're not gonna you're not gonna get second or third round value out of them unless Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, or uh AJ Brown goes down with an injury. You're just not gonna get the, the return that you want. That happens wonderful, but I'm not gonna waste or bet a second or third round pick on a player that needs an injury to happen to hit that value. I can't do it. I just can't, but be interesting to see where Higgins were to go. Cause the Bengals won't be able to afford him. by the way, which means there'll be another opportunity. That's something else. And you know, this is for our, your dynasty players out there. This is where you need to like pay attention to the, uh, um, Charlie, uh, um, yeah, Charlie Jones is a Charlie Jones. This is a receiver Bengals drafted out of Purdue. Undersized guy. Yes, yeah, Charlie Jones. That's it. You need to pay attention to him. 
you need to pay attention. To, and Tyler Boyd is still kicking around. He's still young too, but you know that secondary receiver, the guy opposite Jamar Chase, is going to only see single coverage majority of the time. Now maybe the Bengals go out and get a receiver. That's a spot. Maybe fucking Mike Evans takes a nice deal and goes there. Possible, right? Very possible. Spot for a Michael Pittman to go. Michael Pittman's also a free agent, 26 years old. Probably won't have a good season or that great of a season, so won't command as much as T. Higgins. But just pay attention to who goes there. Van Jefferson, he'll be 27. Chase Claypool's only 25 when he hits free agency. Big year for him in Chicago. But the one I really want to talk about, and I've I talked a lot about him in June. We put him on the cover of our draft guide over at fantasyguru.com said best bets of the 2023 season. And you know who that is. It's Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley will be 29 years old. Now the Jaguars gave him a good contract in the trade, but it's a one year contract. That's all. They bumped him up. Going to make 11 million this year out the door. After missing an entire season due to the betting allegations, it was a horrendous thing. Won't be tolerated ever again. Right now, he's got Trevor Lawrence emerging in his third season. He's in a high octane offense thanks to Lawrence hitting free in his free agency year in age twenty nine. You know that's this is the year for Calvin Ridley to make his nut, and he's put in a lot of work. He looks phenomenal. That's why all the good reports out of camp about Calvin Ridley. This is going to be his year. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one. I've talked about it. Another thing, instead of doing drafts, I watched every touchdown catch from Trevor Lawrence last year. I saw six out of the eight Christian Kirk touchdowns occur within the 10-yard line, which is an insane number. I think a bulk of those go to Calvin Ridley because he's a smoother route runner with a bigger body. It's just a better player for that route, those routes. A lot of those dig out routes where they send the X receiver out, draws coverage up, and then underneath Christian Kirk would do the sort of the out and up route where you dig to the middle of the field and then go to the out balls thrown right at the pylon. Catches that. We saw that. Saw several of those from Christian Kirk. That's a Calvin Ridley specialty, folks. Back shoulder in the end zone. Man, it sets up very well for Ridley. And I think he has a monster year going into his age 29 free agency season. Um, Those are the more notable wide receivers, uh, tight ends that are available next offseason. Dalton Schultz, that's pretty famous. I've I think he has an absolute monster year. You know, I really do. I think he he just goes bananas in this Bobby Slowick offense in Houston. That's why he only signed a one-year contract. So I think Dalton Schultz is a guy we have to get our mitts on. Don't forget, there's also the lingering. Has anybody paid attention to TJ Hawkinson? Like I know Vikings fans know this, but I'm curious if the rest of the world, and I, uh, this is, again, 
why we should be talking, not fucking draft. How many of you know that Hawkinson was kind of faking an injury, hasn't participated in Minnesota Vikings practices most of the summer? Do you know that? I've mentioned it, but probably not nearly as much as I should have. I love Hawkinson. Love him. He's going to be a free agent. I think this is a big year for him, being the number two in Minnesota, opposite freaking Justin Jefferson. But not if he doesn't play or if the Vikings continue to play games. And It's been a weird summer with TJ Hawkinson. He's going to be 26 next offseason. He's going to command a big salary, but... Lions fans know what I'm talking about. He pulled the same shit. He won the contract before he got traded. That's why the Lions traded him. Last year, even I, I speculated. I'm like, why the, Why would you fucking trade TJ Hawkinson? You're an emerging team. Could really use him. What the, they don't think they could sign him. And I don't think Minnesota thinks they can either. So just something to watch. Tyler Higby, probably the next best tight end option at the tight end position as well. I think he actually might have a low-key solid year. Anytime the Rams end up tanking, Tyler Higby does very, very well. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, Other notable free agents, like I always like to look at offensive linemen. You know, Connor Williams is an upcoming free agent. Jonah Williams for the Bengals, going to play right tackle this year, has left tackle experience. Terrence Steele for the Cowboys. Another player still be well in his prime, right? These are some really good high-end offensive linemen. I love looking at the linemen because you follow a stud offensive lineman. Tyron Smith technically is a free agent, but uh, his back issues, his age. This is last hurrah for the Dallas Cowboys, folks. Offensively, this offense needs to win this year or their shot. Offensive line is screwed. Dak is in a walk here. There's a lot of things. Dak still has another year, but his people have made it very clear that they want a new contract next offseason. So be careful with that. Andrus Pete, great interior lineman, going to be north of 30 for the New Orleans Saints. He's a guy who's going to be in a contract season as well. Jason Kelsey, but he'll never go anywhere. He's on a year-to-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, most likely this being his final season. So those are some of the more notable free agents about to hit the wire. Again, some players that have extra incentives to perform well, get that bag, get that money, because nothing motivates an athlete like a contract season, everybody. Uh, all right. I think that's good for today's episode. Don't want to go on and on. I know I ranted a little bit, but hopefully you guys, there is a method behind the rants. There's a method to this madness. I I do want to piss you off. Sometimes I, I got to get in your head. I got to move you. Otherwise I don't know what my job is. I can't placate you. I'm not trying to, I'm so confident in my job that by sitting around regurgitating whatever, I I know everything that I could say that would make you guys happy. Oh, yeah, just be I know that. It's not who I am, though. It's not what I want to be, and I don't think you get any benefit of me sitting here telling you what you want to hear or regurgitating all the same nonsense. 
if that was the case, I would do drafts. Notice not one fucking draft on this podcast ever. I haven't done a draft on the elite sports show in three years. Now I hosted drafts instead of the elite sports show, but those who listen on the SXM app, know those are not elite sports shows. They ask me to do a draft and once a year, sometimes twice, if there's a special situation, I will do it. Right. Because quite honestly, the station will do it anyway with or without me. They just, so I'd rather do it my way than not have it at all. But if given the preference, I would don't want to do drafts. I don't want to cover drafts. And if we do, I don't want to talk about which, what each pick is. Just don't think you get it again. And folks hit me up, man, especially fantasyguru.com subscribers and members. Don't be adversarial. Number one, if you want to state your case and disagree, do it in the NFL room. Don't be an asshole in my room. There's no reason for you to do that. I just want to say, if you want to, if you want to get through to me, if you've got something to say to me, then say it and do it politely in a nice way. And we will never have a problem. But when you're obviously trolling me, when I've made a big case against Austin Eckler or Garrett Wilson, or I'm pro Kadarius Tony or Romeo dubs, and you start just lighting them on fire or boosting them up. When you start doing all that in the man's cave discord room, all you're doing is trying to create a problem. All right. And we're not doing that. I'm not going to have it. All right. So there you go. Uh, Folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Once again, get the daily fantasy football package, the betting package. Folks, you like money. You like money. Build it into your budget. Get that all-in package over at fantasyguru.com. Also, uh, while you're there, you need to uh, get get the all-in package. If you have the seasonal product already, just email us, support at fantasyguru.com, and we'll get you the discount, necessary discounts. You can do it on the site too, but if you're any concerned about the price or overpaying, just email support at fantasyguru.com. We'll take care of you in that capacity. We don't lose. We just don't. Right, You want to be with us for DFS. You want to be with us for betting. The early bird pricing is now Radio 20 still effective. So get that all in package. You don't have to worry about anything else. And you are going to win it. You're going to win your membership back. And you're going to learn a ton. You're going to have a great time doing it. And, you know, a year, maybe two or three in, you won't probably need us anymore. We'd still appreciate your loyalty and your membership, of course, but that's what we're doing because every day we get better. Every day, like I said before. So take that into account. So hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans everywhere else Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That's, that's going to do it for episode 171 of One Man's Opinion. Thank you to my producer, Sean Engel, who does a tremendous job each and every day day each and every week producing sitting here listening to me drone on endlessly for hours on end at a time thank you to sean angle thank you to all of you who are listening please spread the word tell everybody about the show about the podcast about fantasyguru.com about our partners at drafters.com again easiest money you'll ever get 
Use the promo code MANS, M-A-N-S, put in 100 bucks, so you get a free 100 bucks. That's $200. That's 10 entries to try to win $300,000 top prize. When you already have a 50% overlay, the odds are tremendous. It's the best you'll ever see to win high six-figure type money like this. So get over to drafters.com and do so as well. We will see you all next time, folks. You may disagree with some or every single thing even that you heard on today's show. And folks, it's perfectly all right if you did. You know why? Because it was just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. See ya. Deuces!